from the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. This is Nebraska Farmcast. I'm Ryan Evans. October is National Cooperative Month, a chance to celebrate cooperatives and learn about how these community-driven businesses operate and their impacts across Nebraska. I'm glad to welcome back to the podcast Charlotte Nargis, an extension educator with Rural Prosperity Nebraska and director of the Nebraska Cooperative Development Center here at UNL. She has over 15 years of experience working with cooperatives and rural community development, which includes providing education and technical assistance to groups exploring cooperative business models. She is passionate about the power of cooperatives to drive economic opportunities in rural areas, and she's here to talk more about that now. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for joining me. Um, Thank you, Ryan, for having me. So you have a new article. We've put it up on the Center for Ag Profitability's website. It's on the uh, Nebraska Cooperative Development Center's website as well. That's ncdc.unl.edu. You can find it at the link in the podcast notes as well if you're listening to this. So uh, first, as I mentioned, it is National Cooperative Month here in October 2023. So why is it important to just build awareness of cooperatives at a time like this? Well, building awareness is always key. There's so many ways that cooperatives can be used. And so we wanna highlight examples so people can build through others. Another reason we build that awareness is because the cooperative model is unique. Um, And I think it matches so well with uh, the state of Nebraska and our residents, especially in rural communities and urban communities where people have a history of working together to get things done. And um, cooperatives, when we've worked with them, whether it be a rural cooperative grocery store or a child care, and they start thinking about it, it's just a different way and mindset of doing something to achieve a goal that helps that community. Yeah, that's very well said. And we've talked a lot on this podcast with both. I've talked with you and Cindy Holden about different cooperative models, because a lot of times I think people, grocery stores are the first thing that come to mind when you think of cooperatives. But, uh, you know, you've mentioned... And Cindy's mentioned there are lots of other um, instances where the model can come into play that you've worked with establishing things like home care cooperatives, child care cooperatives, even real estate cooperatives. Um, so in your article, you discuss seven principles of cooperatives that can likely apply to, to many of these. So can you explain where these seven principles were developed and what they are? Sure. The The principles were actually initially started um, during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, and in, in Europe, when the change in the Industrial Re- Revolution, so many people, home-based businesses and people living in rural communities were leaving uh, and moving through the towns. And the cooperatives became emerged as a way that um, people can work together. And it could be buying power um, and the Rokedale Society of the Equitable Pioneers, they're actually considered um, the group that really modeled and codified a set of principles that we still follow today. Those principles include volunteering open membership, democratic member control. Um, and that looks different for each for, um, each co- cooperative that's being formed. But there's three principles that we see, or three characteristics that we see in all cooperatives that they're user-owned. And that means that the cooperative, they use it, the owners use it. There's user control, and it's control, the members control it. And it's user benefits. They derive benefits from the cooperative. Very good. And you mentioned the Industrial Revolution. How far back do cooperatives go in the U.S., and how have they evolved since they started? Okay, well, actually, in preparing this, Benjamin Franklin is actually credited as forming the first cooperative in the United States. And um, it was a 
company, a mutual fire insurance company that is still in existence today where people collectively went together, and that's in 1752, and it's still in um, existence. The company is based in Michigan, and they still have 400 agents helping, and it's um, quite interesting that they started it back then. You also saw that shortly after that, we had some of our first cheese cooperatives formed, and so people started collectively buying together. You know, fast forward, Ace Hardware um, is a cooperative. It's individually owned, the businesses, but they collectively purchase things together. So consumer um, purchasing, a lot of different models out there. Yeah, they're all around us. And you've talked a little bit about this already. I'm wondering if you can just expand because you do work through uh, Nebraska Extension's Rural Prosperity Nebraska group. Uh, So what key benefits do cooperatives provide for rural communities across the state? Why is it something that you you take to uh, rural communities primarily? Um, well, one of the reasons is, um, I'll credit our grant funder, is because USDA um, RCDG, the Rural Cooperative Development Grant, that's where our focus is on rural. Um, the cooperative model, truthfully, could be help urban areas, too. But um, when you're looking at areas where the risks may be, and the grocery store, the reason you've heard so many times about a cooperative grocery store in a town of under 500, especially under 1,000, that risk for that owner to come in there is great. The profit margins are very slim, but the quality of life that is needed in that community is so critical and important. So, um, And when we have did evaluations even of that, we hear that, um, that grocery store really is the hub. And if without one, you're not going to attract new re- residents. You're not going to, the elderly can no longer stay in their community. You have to become a lot more creative. And so it really becomes a passion that individuals are willing to contribute towards that, knowing that the profit isn't going to be as great. Um, and so the, the cooperative gro- grocery store hits they need, but not necessarily, we also want to make money as well. Absolutely. So what are some examples of cooperatives in Nebraska that you can highlight um, who are connecting consumers to local foods? Or if you want to go past just the food aspect, any other cooperatives that you want to highlight? One of the things I should have mentioned in Nebraska in the history, the ag cooperatives, when you think about the importance to rural Nebraska, we can't underestimate the amount of money. The um, Co-op Council actually has some new numbers on their website that talks about um, they're serving members with it's 11.9 billion dollars in annual uh, sales so cooperatives do make money and but 97.4 million in annual patronage allocations that people receive back as a benefit so those are larger and i think sometimes we don't recognize how you know they started out to meet a need too of collectively marketing weren't making as much well now they've grown into a big business but that model i'm not saying our grocery stores are going to be that way but collectively if people think about how they can purchase together um invest in together to make it happen, you can see a lot of difference. And so three that are really about um, in Nebraska that are fairly new, one's not, that connect consumers to local foods. One is the food cooperative, Nebraska Food um, Cooperative. They actually started in 2005, and it's a group of people that um, they cooperatively sell their products and then they deliver it uh, across the state of Nebraska, and it's a membership uh, driven. Um, the Omaha Sunflower Co-op just formed. They don't own land, but they farm together, and they, they're more um, delivering their products together and selling and doing right. some different things. But then an, another real interesting one is the Salt Creek Farmers Cooperative. It's um, three, and it's soon to be four member owners. They own eight acres of land in southeast Nebraska, and they are working on the land 
uh, raising it and making a living and continue to grow, but they have equal say. And just real interesting. That's great. And uh, the Nebraska Cooperative Development Center had a hand in assisting all of these. Is that right? Um, they did prior to me with the Nebraska Food Cooperative. Yes, uh, they, they helped in formation of that. And uh, we followed up with them on some different visioning. Um, the Omaha Sunflower Co-op mainly re- resources uh, through the Buy Fresh Buy local program and NCDC did. And Salt Creek, they, I'd say they were innovative enough. They've taken the resources. They're members of Buy Fresh Buy Local. They're reading, and I feel like we have really been advisors where these um, younger farmers have um, really taken upon themselves, but taken what they learn, and we connect them to resources. Okay, great work. And can you share, if you would, maybe just a couple lessons you've learned from working with cooperatives through NCDC? To me, I think the biggest thing is, um, one, there is no such thing as a cooperative of one. And if there's an idea that you're wanting to do things, it really is about um, working together and what that means to meet that common goal, to get that vision that people can work towards. Um, I actually thought that um, Hannah Breckel, and I wrote this in the current House Care Economics article, she was asked at the end what uh, she thought for a new worker cooperative to be formed. Uh, What are some key things? Um, She talked about the vision um, and but dedicated time, but that soft skills were so important to listen. And you need champions, but you really collectively, everyone has to buy in. You need that core peop- group of people that are willing to invest the time to make it happen and sharing and being transparent. Yeah, absolutely. So important in so many uh, kind of grassroots efforts like mm-hmm. this. Uh, last, how can listeners learn more if they want to explore cooperatives in their own community? Um, thanks, Ryan. You mentioned it at the beginning, but you can always go to our website, ncdc.unl.edu, contact myself or Cindy Holden. We're both focused in cooperatives, but you can also contact um, some of our Rural Prosperity Nebraska Extension educators across the state to get the conversation started. Um, they, they, they could help you to at least think, is, do you, are you really ready to work with others to make that goal happen? Great. Well, that is Charlotte Nargis, an extension educator with Rural Prosperity Nebraska and director of the Nebraska Cooperative Development Center here at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Again, she's written a new article as part of the Department of Agricultural Economics Cornhusker Economics Weekly Series, and we've shared that on our website and in the notes for this podcast as well. Charlotte, thanks for the info and uh, happy National Cooperative Month. Thanks again, Ryan. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.